Greetings, adventure, and welcome back to Return to EverQuest, a podcast where we revisit and discuss the classic game of EverQuest. In today's episode, we're going to be discussing the City of Mist. As always, we want to thank you for subscribing to our show and leaving those amazing ratings. Now, on to the good stuff. Ah, yes, the City of Mist, a wretched hive of undead and villainy. Before we begin, let's turn it over to Carlos and dive into some lore. Oh, yes, the, the City of Mist, huh? So, unfortunately, I, I don't have the range or the, the skill like you guys have for, for voice acting. So I'm going to skip that and pretty much tell you a little bit more about the lore behind it uh, in, in, in its regular form. Sorry, I know it's boring, but hey, what are you going to do? Uh, but as the lore teaches us, Think of the city as once the eventual zenith of, of XR culture when it came to the architecture and the society. And uh, I believe it was known in its day f- as Torsus. And this city was a hub for trade and also known for its impressive buildings and elaborate decor. And the founder and ruler of the city was Lord Rakashir. And he was accompanied by his wife, Queen Nehashir, as well as a daughter. And as the story goes, the queen kind of grew tired of the style of living in Torsus, as well as all the politicking, and that led to her disappearance. Obviously, Lord Rakashir was distraught, and after an extensive search, his faith to Kassak Thule started to wane, and obviously he was not too pleased at the unfolding events, so he sent the minion down to kidnap Rakashir's daughter and condemned her to eternal torture or torment. And after that, Kassak Thule unleashed this green mist that eradicated the city's inhabitants. And it's kind of funny to think that, ironically, that same mist was the original cause for the Ixar's liberation from its original oppressors. Uh, and after eradicating the city, obviously, it came to be inhabited by the undead. Lord Rakesh here is also one of those undead creatures that is inhabiting the city. And he still roams the halls, not being aggressive to the brave adventurers that actually come in to explore. And also surprisingly, uh, his wife's ghost is found in the City of Mist. So it gives you pause and, and makes you wonder, you know, are the stories true? Did she actually disappear or did something more nefarious happen? So, Carlos, as the leader of this expedition into the City of Mist, can you give the audience an overview of the zone, the loot, and types of mobs we encountered there. Sure, sounds good. So the, f- the first thing to note, uh, in my opinion, is that the f- zone itself is surprisingly small compared to the locations that we've visited in, in our past adventures. Uh, however, you can definitely tell there was much more attentional detail given when creating this city. So uh, you approach the city from the Emerald Jungle, and it kind of gives you a vibe of of a lost Mesoamerican city just found in deep in the rainforest. And most of the mobs that you find here, like we discussed, is undead, given the fact that it was the, the inhabitants were obliterated by the city's namesake, right? The mist. Uh, and you'll find a wide variety of raids, specters. There's a lot of skellies all sprinkled around, as well as those weird-looking piles of goo. Uh, you also find these golems that have a hierarchical system of naming and their levels uh, range depending on their namesake. So you have haze, fog, and, and mist golems. 
Uh, and I quite like those models. Uh, they're, they're, you can see them as these brute creatures, but they still have that XR likeness. And they also bear this symbol on their chest, which I was really never, never able to figure out what it meant. Uh, but I, I always liked them. It was, it was kind of cool. And also, we cannot forget about those Black Reavers. Uh, I do believe that they're a placeholder for Rakashir. And the issue that, that you usually have with these folks is that when you kill them, it will spawn another mob with a chance of being another Reaver itself. So beware when you're fighting these guys. Well, this was an interesting zone to visit for me because I literally felt the city is like a dungeon. This one looks and feels like a real city, too, which is kind of cool. Unlike all those goblin cities slash dungeons we visited earlier, I could see this zone acting as a home for Ixar if it hadn't been taken over by all the undead. You can even bind here, which is pretty cool. So let's talk about the theme. The theme of the zone, I liked it. It also felt to me like it had kind of like an Asian-esque vibe to the city aesthetic, which I thought was interesting. And I'm curious if that was done purposefully. Also, everything felt really haunted. There's a story to tell in this zone, and I think it was pulled off magnificently, as Carlos had mentioned earlier, regarding the lore. Even if I don't know what the story was, though, I could tell there was one, and it always made me want to explore. The abandoned homes and buildings felt really creepy the entire time, and I felt like I wanted to just go and lift up the nearest uh, bench and see what's kind of like hiding under there for me. And for mobs... When it comes to mobs, well, everything there was either undead or a golem of some sort. I assumed that the golems were like former guardians of the city, and perhaps since their constructs, the mist, when it came through and killed everybody, it didn't affect them. And so maybe they were still in guardian mode. That's kind of what I initially thought. For the loot, the most memorable loot that I remember there was the green jade broadsword that drops from a very high-level mob in the zone. I remember this one because it's a unique-looking sword with a huge curved blade and as a Shadow Knight back in the day, I used to always remember people trying to PK me with one of these, uh, unsuccessfully, of course. But there's also the Wu's Quivering Staff, a very famous staff for monks, and the Mace of the Shadowed Soul for Shadow Knights. Both are awesome items that have a lot of history in EverQuest, and they're found in the zone. But we really couldn't get to those because they were past the uh, Black Reavers at the end, and there were all the high-level mobs are, I think, up top on the top platforms find them uh so derek what was your thoughts on the city of mist uh first i remember you remember you had a shadow knight masher smasher did you ever get the mace of the shadowed soul because that brings back memories to me i don't know if it was you that had it or other people but it adds plus 10 intelligence yeah so that was one that like all the dark elf shadow knights had back in the day because they were kind of low on strength so they use always like a one-hand blunt and a shield uh, Masher, Smasher, though, being an Ogre Shadow Knight, I used the two-handed slash weapons, and mainly it came down to, back then, the racial feat to bash with, you know, no shield in my hands. I could slam, I think it was called slam, but I could stun somebody. So that was what was really cool about being an Ogre Shadow Knight is I'd use a two-hand slash. I could slam you and, like, give you the stun, whereas all the other races would have to have a shield and bash. So for PKing, it was really important uh, to have the slam or a shield for bash, because you wanted to interrupt the spellcasters uh, when they were trying to cast on you. So I didn't have that one. I, I had uh, the thorn, thorn Blade of the Yakisha, I think, is the one I used back in the day. Okay, got it. And I do remember the Wu's Quivering Staff as well. A lot of monks used to use that for, on us. But as far as the 
the theme and the mobs and the looted concerned uh, with this zone. This is my first time being in this zone, and I actually liked it a lot. It it was uh, like you said that there was a lot of detail to the zone. Um, there was a, a castle that we eventually got to and a moat around it, and uh, the the mobs were pretty cool looking. So I really enjoyed it and. Um, I think the others in our crew did as well, even though we didn't get to progress through the top level, which is where we were trying to go to. And uh, we'll talk about that next. Yeah. Speaking of that, the, the funniest thing that I remember were all of us getting out, uh, you know, to the castle in the back there and getting trained in front of it where the black reavers live. And I recall walk, don't run, getting too close to some of the mobs and pulling them I also remember Evernerds and Viz breaking several times on ticket wings, causing these massive, huge trains where we'd all be running around and trying not to die. The trains totally ran nerf and perf over there a few times. I did not uh, gate or origin fast enough. It was just so much chaos. And whoops, I do remember <laughs> when I ran uh, to you all when I had this huge train. I didn't know it was behind me. It was undead. But uh-oh, choo-choo, train inbound. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I could have sworn that some of those trains were caused by Evernerd's infamous, quote-unquote, uh, see-through walls escapades that he usually does and brings over some mobs. I think that uh, we gave up trying to go through the fog golems after some time, right? Uh, the main issue was that there was a roaming mob that could see in Viz, and it really didn't help the case when trying to avoid that reaver. We were trying to hug the walls of that, that, little, that little place. And uh, unfortunately, that, that roaming mob was in that hallway. And once it got aggro, the Reaver saw us. And he usually came in and killed us. Uh, I think there was a point in time that our poor Necro had to lie, like feign death for over 20 minutes, just waiting for us to get back to this little gazebo in the middle of the zone. Uh, I don't know if you guys remember. It was such a mess. Oh, one thing I wanted to point out as well, uh, when it comes to the City of Mist, um, there is a, an author, Brendan Sarenson, that he created this, um, this series of books called uh, Mistmore. And this kind of reminded me of that series of the people being afraid of the mist and, and hiding away from it. So it's kind of cool. And, and if you want to do something during COVID and you have some extra time, I highly recommend you check out those, those books, that series called Mistmore by Brendan Sarenson. But yeah, it, it kind of went back and reminded me of those books. All right. So this week I have an axe to grind with Captain Nerf and Perf. Um, first, we had many deaths that occurred in this zone, primarily at the entrance of the castle because we were having difficulty trying to figure out how to get past a Black Reaver. Uh, we began trying different methods to bypass a Reaver who could see through Invis, which is what the difficulty was. So when you open the door that required a key, there, for people that have never been there, let me start over. There's a portion there where there's a castle, and you need to enter the castle to get to the second floor where the main mobs are in the zone, the named mobs. And you required a key to open up the door. As soon as you open up the door, there's a black golem right in the front cent and center. And then on his sides, you may have like two or three on each side of brown golems on each side. So... The brown golems don't see through invis, but the black one does. And the problem with the black one is it is extremely magic resistant. So we would not be able to 
kill it at all. And if you do kill it, it spawns like a raid mob. So we didn't want to touch that. So in order to proceed to the castle, you had to go to the left or right of him. There's passageways. And the question is, how do you get past him without aggroing him? So we were trying different ways of doing it. We kept dying. One of the ways we tried is pulling him out, but I think he summoned. So we would try to pull him out and then the rest of the crew would go in. But the problem is, is there was a mob that um, roamed in the hallway that saw through and Viz as well. So that was a problem that we ran into another time. We A lot of us got to one of the passageways and the mob came and then killed us and there was no way out. So I was looking through the wall to see when that mob would come and go. And I, I don't know, maybe one time it did come on to us with me doing that. But the plan was to eventually look through the wall as the mob passed, we would have someone aggro the mob. We would go in and um, the guy's body, we would drag his corpse and res him. So it would all be in the castle and go to the second story. That was the thing. But eventually uh, Nerf and Perf was a giver upper that night. And he persuaded the other group members to go on to another zone after, you know, three or four attempts. So my, my, for me, I was like, we could get this done. Let's keep doing it. There's always a way in every quest to a workaround, right? Um, you got anything to say about that, Anthony? Yeah, I mean, look, we had died, I don't know, it was like five, six times. It was bad. We lost, there was levels lost, there was blood and sweat spilled on the floor. <laughs> you know, like, it was tough. Yeah, those, that, that room was so odd because we'd run past the, the Reavers and there was that Sarnak skeleton that was just waiting for us and we never timed it right. It was very frustrating. And I, I did want to go up to the second floor and see all the cool stuff. But, you know, we just, we didn't cut the mustard, I guess. We never, we were never made it up. And there's so many trains, like, so when we would die, we were bound in the city. So we would, like, spawn and then we'd come back. And sometimes someone's invis would break and then this massive train is coming through the zone. And so everybody's at the castle waiting and they see this big train of mobs, you know, get to the moat. And it was just, it was bad. It was chaos. Um, I remember. This is one of the things of, this is one of the main things of EverQuest for me is, you always run into a situation like this and you got to figure out a way to bypass it. You know, there's a lot of games that are like this. I remember I played, um, was it, uh, Morrowind? Me- no, Morrowind. Morrowind. Yeah. Yeah. So Morrowind, this is like the first version of those games, like Oblivion and Skyrim. This is Morrowind, like one of the first ones. There was a part at the end that I got to and you're in an arena, like a Roman arena, and you had to fight this big mob uh, or this guy that was extremely strong. He was like the main boss and it, it was impossible for me to fight him. He was too powerful. So what I did is I found a way to put myself up on a ledge and kept, I was able to hit him without him hitting me. So I sat there for, you know, a, a while with a hammer, blah, blah, blah. And eventually I killed him. You know, you got to find these tricks out, these things out. And, and there's a lot of people that you read online, they figure this stuff out with raids. You know, there's this stuff that's just not kosher, these methods they find to beat this mob or go go through this area that, uh, you know, they write about afterwards, able to figure it out. So that's what we were trying to do was how to get past this mob when you don't have a raid force. And we would eventually have eventually done it it was just you got to have 
some grit, you know, that, and that's something that <laughs> some people didn't have in that. Wow. In our some group. Grit. I mean, sure. We could, we could have sat and found the exploit <laughs> to get by, yeah. but it might've cost us a lot of experience. That's the thing, you know, like that's the thing about EverQuest, which is tough. And I'll say for a classic EverQuest, it's even worse. I mean, getting experience today is so much easier on the live server. Um, you can have a potion of experience where it gives you like, you know, I think the most expensive one is like 50% experience over for four, for four hours of game time. Um, so you're getting a fast experience already from live. You can use a potion of experience if you want. Um, and I'm just looking back at classic and thinking like, those are hours of your life lost when you died. So like when you died six times, that was, you know, how many, that's maybe a whole week of gameplay. You have to like redo just to make it through. So it's amazing how hardcore this game is and i think on p99 it's the same so for those who play on p99 yes that's no joke i'll give you credit like i have a lot of things going on in my life i can't sit there and dedicate the time that i used to but i mean that's commitment to sit there and try to solve these complex problems knowing you're going to die uh so many times you know what do you think yeah i agree i know in the forever quest podcast they were talking about how they were stuck on, I think it was level 46 uh, for a while and for, you know, months. And uh, imagine if you're at that level and you die six times in a row and you lose that experience. I mean, you're definitely put yourself a week behind easily. So I can't imagine a frustration that comes on. I mean, I remember back in the days, you know, I can't imagine, but it was very frustrating because you spent so much time. And then if you didn't know a cleric, that makes it even worse. So thank God now they have clerics to give you high level reses. But on the lower levels, even like in the, in the level 30s or wherever you had a hell level and you lose a level. I mean, you die from from a mob and you have to regain all that back, those hours. I mean, it's mind numbing. But that was part of the thrill was fighting through all that and it was such a risk dying that it made the game fun and enjoyable as at the same time yeah nothing like dying and then getting the pk to guy to stop you as well so it's double whammy on the pk servers good times though yeah that was uh, one of the best things was when you were able to that's that's what gave you some sort of pleasure is when you were able to kill another player and they lost experience because oh, it was such a risky. <laughs> you're so fighting tough. someone else, and 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 it was a huge loss that they obtained. You know, P- PvP is is not as fun when the other person that you kill loses nothing, right? It's it's fun when they lose something, and in the beginning, when you lost experience, it forced the players to unplug their computer or run to the guards or do these things to avoid that death because it was so much of a loss to them. And, and back then, like, like we stated before, the corpse remained on the floor in the beginning, you were able to loot very valuable items from their corpse. So imagine you lose, you, you kill somebody, they lose X amount of experience. You loot, their primary weapon off their corpse or the robe and, and all their money that they have. And then you also are in possession of their corpse because their corpse remains there and they can't 
summon it or anything anywhere else. So now they have to come back to that area and you could have someone else waiting for them at the beginning of the zone, or you could just sit there and camp the corpse. I mean, is and kill them over and over again. It was just crazy. But that that's that's what made it fun is there's that level of risk associated with PvP and playing on those servers. Right? Yeah, that's intense. That's intense. Holy crap. Yeah. I remember, yeah, I never got but the I do wonder like it, it would have been interesting from a game design perspective to see what would happen if they had given you experience if you killed someone as well. Like see mm. if you get to level fifty just by PKing. You know, the that way would I would be balance, fun. Yeah, the way I would balance it, I think, is saying get experience for PKing somebody, but you cannot uh, get experience for killing the same person twice within an X hour period. That way you can't exploit it, like have your buddy there and you just kill him over and over and over and over. Um, or if they made it so, like, you know, on our server that we play on that now, you, when, you could turn in your PvP book and get a red name on you, but that comes with a lot of negatives. Like you can't get buffs from non PVP players and uh, some other things. So some other perks that you lose, but there's really no gains. The only gain is you get the PVP people, but there's no one else at PVP. So like, what's the point? But imagine if you turn in your book and the perk is you could kill everyone else and they can't fight back unless they also turned in their book. What did it make no sense? <laughs> yeah, so you're case, you're like a rogue, you know, PvP. You're just a you're a god you killing everybody. No, yeah, well, no, that's be, the most broken. Okay, that's the but, most broken no, thing. I've here's ever the heard secret. Here's the secret, though. But you can't gain experience from killing mobs, right? You can only gain it from killing other players. So you're like this this thing out there that hunts players, and they can't fight back unless they turn in their book too. But if they turn in their book. <laughs> They, they lose the perks of getting group buffs and all those other things associated with that. So they probably don't want to turn in their book. So the guy that's doing a PVP, you know, he's living in this re- re- uh, weird world where he's just out there hunting players down, you know? <laughs> that seems like the worst game mechanic I've ever heard in my life. Holy cow. Dude, that would be, if I was a game developer, I would ban you from the game. <laughs> wow. Well, hey, look, that's all we have today, everybody. We hope that you join us next week. And we want to thank you for all those five-star ratings and reviews and your subscription. So if you want to get a hold of us, you can reach out to us on Twitter at return to eq That's at Return, the number two EQ. And join us in two weeks as we discuss our expeditions to the underwater dungeon, Kedge Keep. It's going to be a good one. Hold on your pants. All right. Take care, everybody. Bye.